Welcome to the Carl Jackson Podcast. I'm excited and delighted that you guys are watching us today on CJC Network and now on the Grid Network because we've been playing reruns on the Grid Network on Plex and some of the other platforms that we're on. So I want to say thank you guys for watching us every week. Today we have a special guest. He's been here th uh, three times. This is be his third time. No, this uh, is your fourth, fourth time. Fourth time, Do I get like an award? And we're in, yeah, you're gonna get an award. It's okay, called okay. people are gonna watch this podcast. Okay, okay. We're in his home, and uh, can we say where we at? We're in Orange County. We'll just say Orange County, right? Orange County, and it's a beautiful home. And uh, what's up, man? How you doing, brother? What's up, bro? Dude, Brandon Crouch Jr. Yeah, or Dude, actually this, just Brandon Crouch. This is our first time meeting, meeting in, person. in person. Yeah, doing it in person. I was like, I'm not gonna do it unless you come up to my house. So this was what he said. He said, "I said let's do another podcast." He says, "You gotta come." Well, we we're gonna do it in the studio. Yeah. And then last seconds, like you know, let's just come to my house and. Let's kick it for a minute. So, how you been doing, brother? Good, man. Staying busy. Life's good. Got my kid. That's about it. So, um, you have been working a lot as a director. What has that been like for you? I have, man. It's been great. I mean, it kind of all started, I hate to say this, with Hillsong back in 2016, 17. They mistakenly thought I was a video director and I said yes I learned how to direct video pretty quickly mistaken. Even, I mean not mistaken they knew I did video but I okay. wasn't I, I wasn't known as a video director right and although I had all the skills and I kind of had all the chops to do it so I just kind of had to cut my teeth on it but yeah so did a tour with them for three months and on and off buses and did the whole thing and then Word gets out quick and people start to realize, oh man, that's Hillsong's video director, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I was just a contracted guy. And and next thing I know it, people are calling and emailing, hey, come direct video for us. So we've directed video for Mariners and uh, Cottonwood Church and a bunch of corporate stuff and different things like that. And just, so it's been good. So what's your favorite thing to direct? Is it do you consider yourself a content director? Do you consider yourself a film director? Well, how do you, or is, is that even over? Is that even a thing anymore? Is that thing? I mean, there's the whole two different old school of saying director. There's two different There's two different worlds of directing. There's right. live event directing or like live broadcast TV directing, which is what I was doing. Um, I was the video director at the Greek Theater for a number of years, so I've done every band that you could think of. Um, and that's a whole different skill set than like a film director because in a film world you're really only directing one camera in a live event world you're directing five and it's live and it's right there you don't retake it you're you're live like it's you're live so where I really where my sweet spot really is live event directing and I, I love it but it's it's not an easy it's, it's tedious it's tedious it's tedious because you have to you have to be five three to five steps ahead of where you're going to go with the different camera angles and different things like that and so you're kind of like having to like you know pat your head and rub your belly at the same time right. and it's 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 not easy so it's either it's an acquired skill um i always say the best video directors or live event video directors are the guys who started as a grip then ran camera and kind of have a general wherewithal of all of the gear that they're using. Right. So they've been a camera operator, they've been a grip, they've been, you know, through all the different stages of what that production aspect is. So when you get to the chair of being the director, you're not asking some camera operator to do something that the gear won't itself do. So right. if you're asking some guy to zoom in to 
200 millimeters and you're, you don't know enough about the gear because you never worked with that gear, you know, to t like, so I, f I feel like if you're going to direct, you kind of have to work your way through the process. You have yeah. to be, you have to know the gear. You have to know what it can and can't do. You have to know what your operators can do. And, and I also think that there's a bit of skill in just being able to communicate with people, right? you know, and that, that more overlaps into film directing as well is being able to communicate. And I feel like it's okay to not be a good communicator. If you're not a good communicator, that's not a bad thing, right. but it takes a certain type of personality or type of person who can clearly communicate, you know, in a very rapid, fast, things are moving past your head and you have to be able to communicate quickly. Right. And that's a, that's a, I don't know if that's a, that's a teachable skill. Right. I think that's a skill that, you know, um, that some people are born with and some people aren't. And right. some of the best video live event video directors that I've run into are really good communicators. Right. And so, um, I think that I was blessed in that area and I was blessed to be able to communicate really well. Um, and, and, it's fun. I love it. So what is the hardest thing about being a live director? Um, I've never done fun. live. I've I tried it a couple times. It's hard, I, huh? I just could not do right? it. Right? It's hard. I, you know, what it's, what's crazy is I'm trained for film. Yeah. And you think because you're a filmmaker, you can do anything. And that's just not true. Yeah. I mean, it is hard. It's a, it's a, it's an acquired skill. Right. Takes practice. Uh, the hardest part about it, I think... It, it, two things client expectations right. is you know making sure that you're giving them a product that they expect um, so that's huge managing client expectations right. a lot of clients will hire you but won't give you the right gear to do the job hello yeah I know that one um, <laughs> all too well and so you'll you know you want to manage clients expectations um, and then I think too is just managing personalities. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're working with a team. You have sometimes three, four, five, six camera operators. You have a guy that's coloring your cameras. And so just kind of being the director of a team can be difficult. I mean, you're just dealing with people and right. people are people, right? you know what I mean? Right. So, um, but I think when you get to the place of like where you feel like an accomplished director, which is where I feel like I'm at, like it's not necessarily hard anymore. It's more just, I'm the pilot who is there in case the plane wants to crash, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So directing it isn't necessarily hard, but if something goes wrong, I know what to do when something goes wrong. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and so I'm engineering enough to know how to fix things quickly, fix things on the fly, make changes quickly, pivot, do different things. And so I think... I think that is the hardest part about being the director. And the rea the reality is, is the whole show's responsibility is on your shoulders. Right. So if you miss the smallest little details, you know, it's on you. It's on you. Right. It's not, uh, you know, today, it, actually, I was the camera operator and I had zero care in the world right. Right. because right. I was just the camera operator. I'm right. there to run camera. And but the show isn't on my shoulders, right. but it's on the video director's shoulders. Right. So when this show in particular that I was on this morning went bad, it not the, I kind of did this because it's like this isn't my show. I didn't put it together. I didn't direct it. But had I directed it, I would have put a lot more detail into the areas that failed. Right. Live directing is also about um, knowing, I guess, also the band that you're 
you know, filming or whatever, do you have a certain like oh, yeah. uh, list of tricks like for certain type of music versus yeah. like? It's art. Mm -hmm. So everybody's gonna have their different flair for it. Right. Everybody's gonna do their different thing. I've done some really crazy things. Um, one guy showed this to me. It was really cool. So, um, he took an old DSLR camera that had like the you know, and some of those cameras they have like a black and white setting that you right. can shoot video in black and white, or you right. can shoot in sepia, right. which you would never use right. <laughs> because you can do that in post production, right. Right? right? Right. Well, he wanted to do it live, but he wanted that like that. You remember that old school MTV delay where mm -hmm. you would shoot mm -hmm. something and then the right. person's head yeah. would kind of like move off yeah. like that. He wanted to do that live. Right. And so what he did is he set up this DSLR and he shot it at a monitor of the program feed, which is the like, you know, what you're actually cutting. Right. And then he set the DSLR into a sepia mode and then ran the DSLR into the switcher and he was shooting a shot of the shot, if that makes sense. Right. So it was a picture of a picture or a, like a, a, a generic version of 3D. Almost. Yeah. And it was. And so as the and so we we're shooting this, you know, this concert and a lot of the shots that were coming out were in sepia one, which was way different than some of the other shots. And it had that like really cool mm -hmm. delayed effect. And so anyway, I mean, I think one rehearse if you can, and we normally- The whole show? We, the whole show, 100%. Oh, wow. Yeah, we, if we're gonna do a show right, we're rehearsing the show, wow. 100%. So I know when drum hits are hitting, and I'm directing music to the beat of the drum. So I mean, I'm going, like when I'm, when I'm directing, I'm going, one, two, three, four, and 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 changing cameras. One, two, three, four, change. One, two, three, four, change. And I'm directing it to the beat of the music. So if it's a slower song, we're kind of dissolving and we're doing different things. We're different, do different moves. We're rack focusing off people or moving into people. And if it's a faster song, we're cutting like on beats. Right. And that's what makes a director really good, especially in music. Right. Is you're able to direct to the beat of the music. Right. Okay. And so, I, and then if you're doing talking head show, you know, talking head stuff and it's a live talking head thing, you're able to predict when someone's sentence is gonna end. Right. And so if someone's preaching and you're a, right. you're a video director at a church, at a, you know, and you're directing video and, and you think it's kind of monotonous that you're shooting one guy standing up to preaching, it is, but there's still skill involved in it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, right. any kid can get in there and just punch, punch buttons and right. think that he's a video director, but right. it really takes a skill to be able to anticipate the laugh. If someone's, if people in the audience are going to laugh, so you can cut to a wide shot or cut to, because like, I, you never want to cut a camera mid someone's sentence right. speaking. Right. It's just awkward. Right, right. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of like little minute things that I do that I've acquired over the years that maybe a younger or newer director wouldn't do, but it's important. I mean, the details right. matter and I've learned those things over the years of directing that I have on how to anticipate laugh, how to anticipate someone's sentence ending and being able to cut in between them starting the next sentence. Right. You know, there's, there's just lots and lots of little things and I haven't even learned all of them. I mean, there's just tons of things that you should keep picking up. So did your live stuff come from your background or is it just something you picked up on your own, just doing your thing? I worked through the ranks, bro. Right, right. I mean, I was a kid on TV and sets, 13 right. years old, pulling cable right. and literally pulling cable. I was not, my family did not believe in the you're a crouch, so we're we're, gonna give we're you, better. Right, right, right. We're gonna give you something. <laughs> right. You know, we're gonna have a golden spoon in your mouth. Right. My family was the 
you're, earn it. You're, earn it. Yeah, right. prove it to me. Right. You know. And so we started pulling cable, literally pulling cable, and. You was like the trash man. Huh? We were picking up trash. We were cleaning the floors. I was the toothbrush on the bathroom. Right. You know, on the on the toilet. Wow. You know that kind of stuff. And so, and then that turned into me running camera, and then running camera. I would work with. I'd run all the cameras. You know, I'd run the jib, and then I'd be the handheld guy, and then I'd be the center guy, and I'd then do the slider, and you know. So I just worked with all the cameras, and then. You know, and then I was the, sh I learned from one of the guys how to sh color shade the camera. So I'd white balance the cameras and color them and iris them and black balance and all the things. And so I learned all that. And so I, I just was able to really wrap my brain around the entire process of right. production, what it takes to do the entire thing. And I could, I maybe wasn't the best colorist, but I knew how to do it. Or right. maybe I wasn't the best tight follow camera, but I knew what he was dealing with so that when he needed a bathroom break or he bumped the camera or whatever, you know, I knew what was going on as the director so I could direct him the best to his ability and make sure that we had the best show because I knew what all was going on outside of, you know, just sitting in a black. Okay, uh, so, um, so let me ask you this. Um, have you ever wanted to direct film? I do, yeah. So I've directed some commercials. I've directed some music videos. Um, and, but live is still your favorite. I love live. I I, I don't know. Really? I just have like a. It's a unique skill set that I have, and I know. And people like to do what they're good at, right? Right. right. So if you're good at whatever, you like to do those things. Right. And I know that I'm a good video director, so I like right. to do it. And I love. I actually do like directing film. I do. It's it's fun. I love it. I just feel like I don't know enough about it to really like say, oh, I'm going to go direct this film. Mm, okay. You know, and I guess for me, I... And live, you can probably make quicker money doing live because yeah. that skill set is such a small group of people that could actually do that. Yeah, I make... My bread and butter is doing right. it live. Um, I feel like if I really wanted to jump into films, I would really have to do like two or three years of just like short film video directing. Right. And like really cut my teeth on on like film directing, and then finding your style, and then finding my style and where right. I'm good at, and right. kind of where like where my lane is. Right. You know what I mean? And I think right. that's so important for people. Um, you know, and there's nothing wrong in in jumping into something because that's where you start. Right. You know, and I have had opportunities to direct different things uh, from a film standpoint, and I've done very well with them, and they've come out great, and I'm super happy with them. But like I, I don't know. Just film directing just seems like a whole other like animal that like right. I haven't really, um, really wrapped my brain around. And I feel like, you know, that that I'm still young. Like I'm right. there's plenty of time to do all that. So. Right. What was your favorite band to, um, to uh, to direct? Because you've had I everybody. Mean, I've sure. done everybody. I've done right. Billie Eilish. I've right. done Foo Fighters. I've done... Foo Fighters. That's my group. Foo Fighters. The Beach Boys. I've done Allison Cooper. I, I've done everybody. Um, I would say the coolest story was the Foo Fighters. And well, I'm only talking about that because of Taylor Hawkins that right. just passed away. Yeah, God rest his soul. God rest his soul. Yeah. But, and that's Great drama. Amazing drummer. He's he, probably my favorite. But well, he's in my top five. Drummer. He was such a great guy, though. Yeah, I met him and 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 Dave Grohl and all the guys. And I grew up like Nirvana was like my era, you know what right. I mean? And so, right. uh, and in fact, Taylor grew up in Laguna Beach, which is 
10 minute drive from here. Right. Um, anyway, my, but that was my favorite one because of the story of how it happened. I was on a shoot. It was like a 10 day shoot and it was a festival that we were doing. And I got hired on to be the professional video engineer. And I was engineering some different things at the festival where I was mounting a camera up here and here and here and doing different things. And then, and then they had three nights of like different bands that were coming through. And it was like everybody from Foo Fighters to Katie, uh, Katy Perry. And it was like, you know, all these big name acts were coming for this big festival. And it was like 80,000 people. It was a big thing. It was in Vegas. And so I was just hired as like the camera tech for the, for the festival. And so we go and we're setting up for Foo Fighters and their director. And I'm already kind of like geeking out cause it's Foo right. Fighters, you know what exactly. I mean? And so I'm like, oh, dude, this is going to be so sick, right, so right. stoked, you know? And so I go to their director who's like their video director and I'm like, Hey, I have these cameras. Most of the acts haven't really used them, but do you guys want them? And they're like, well, we have all our own video gear. And I'm like, okay, so you don't need anything from me. And he's like, no. And he's like, wait, wait, what do you have? And I'm like, well, I have a couple Robocams. Like, he's like, oh, really sick. And I'm like, okay. He's like, it's like, actually, yeah. He's like, so I want to mount a Robocam if we're looking at the stage. Like Taylor Hawkins' drum riser is back here, mm -hmm. and his riser in particular is on a hydro hydraulic thing, so it goes up in the air during his solos, right. and so he gets to play it like 20, 20 feet above everybody. Right. He's like, "Can we put one of these robos above the drums oh. so you get that top-down shot, and That's I can right. do this like circle shot like around him, so That's that right. when he it was cool, it was sick." And I was like, "Oh yeah, sick. That's a great right. shot. That'll be really fun." He's like, well, while the truss is down, let's mount a couple more. So anyway, so we had three of, of my cameras and I needed to, I was the operator for those RoboCams in particular. Right. And so I'm like, well, where do you want me to put the, the operating, the joystick and all the stuff for? And he's like, oh, just put it right next to me. And I'm like, oh, cool. And I'm like, sweet. So I'm sitting right next to the video director. And he's like, then you won't need a headset and I can just tell you what I want with the shots. Right. I'm like, rad, cool. No, easy. No big deal. And this guy's kind of like a roadie guy and... And he's kind of haggard and anyway, so we're like, we're like, we start the show and it's like all the hits and I'm just like, I'm like rocking out and I'm just like, you know, just, I'm like singing all the songs, right, right, like verbatim, right, right, right. you know, I just love, I love the Foo Fighters. Yeah, Foo Fighters. I'm they, singing they, all the songs back there while the director's like cutting the show and doing all this fun stuff and he's asking for my shots and. We get to a slower point in the show, and he, and he looks over and he goes, he, "You big Foo Fighters fan?" I'm like, "I'm like, oh, I'm like, yeah." Like, you just geeking out. I'm like, it was too out. obvious, right? I'm like, dude, heck yeah, I'm a Foo Fighters. And he's like, "Well, do you want to sit in the seat?" And I'm like, "No way!" Right, right. Freaking out, and so anyway, he lets me come and jump in for like two or three songs. Oh, wow. And so I'm like cutting the songs because I know all the songs. He's like, "Oh, it's great." He's like, "Oh, great." So I got to direct, you know, for like two or three songs for the Foo Fighters at the Festival. That's crazy. Which was cool. It was so sick. I was freaking out. That's crazy. Singing all the songs, like directing it how I would direct right, it, you know, and it was just awesome. And then after we got to meet Dave and all this stuff, and he's like, oh, Dave, he, he directed a couple of songs tonight. He's like, oh, yeah, sick, bro. Like oh, doing wow. the whole like, <laughs> right, 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 right. You know, like sick, bro. Oh, <laughs> right. right. You know, like. So it was just awesome. It was, that was just kind of the coolest story because I wasn't supposed to direct it. Right, you know, of it was just supposed to be one of the. And it's classic things. because now that he's, you know, Taylor's gone, 
it's it's part of history. You're part of their history. Yeah, I mean, in a really small, yeah, small way. But, small way. But, but hey, I haven't never done it. So yeah. it's, it's, it was really it's, it, it's for me. History. It was more satisfying. Than yeah, absolutely. Else. It was just fun. So. What what was the uh, the the least amount? What's the thing that you hate the most about live? <laughs> if you have to, the thing that I don't like the most about live. Hmm. Um. Gosh. I love the process of live. I feel like sometimes you just, I mean, in any industry, just incompetent people or when, mm. budget, or when budgets just get cut and you're like, how am I supposed to make a good product, which I know how to do without the right, you people, tools, without right. the right tools, right. you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think that's the most frustrating part about it is in a live, live's not cheap, but filmmaking's not cheap either. You know, it's not cheap. It's not cheap to hire five, six guys, no, all those cameras, a truck, yeah. a shader you know you're like easy in five grand just right out the door at like the door without, like, even without even thinking about right. it absolutely and that doesn't include jibs and like all the funding gear. gear all right. the stuff you know it's just then you gotta feed you guys <laughs> yeah they gotta feed us i know bro we're not cheap man so but it's fun i enjoy the whole process i mean i enjoy the rehearsals i enjoy like i know i enjoy it because i know it and i love it and i'm good at it mm -hmm. that's why i enjoy it so can you talk about his song yet um no yeah okay yeah, so yeah. let's talk about this he's getting ready to go on tour with his song chris tomlin chris tomlin and what would be your process when you're on the road in terms of how you're going to prepare yeah. what you're going to do and what's fun about that? What what do you what do you, what, do you, what are you gonna find fun about being on the road for almost I guess a month or two? I'll be able, I'll be on the road for a month. In fact, they're Hillsong and, and Chris Tomlin at the time that we're shooting this are on tour right now. Right. So I would have I would, you're on the road now. Probably I'm probably on the road now for right. people watching. Right. And if it's after like August of 2022, I'm I'm already done with it. Right. But um, I, so. I was the, uh, in this particular tour. There are two legs. There's um, leg one, which they're on right now, which I didn't go out with, and I, I don't know if I should say this or not. But I basically got the call because the video director they have right now is trash. Okay, we'll take that out. I don't know his name. But I don't know. Who okay, it is. okay, okay, okay. So well, we'll leave it. I don't know who it is. He's a straight G. <laughs> and so I got a call from Hillsong saying, the guy's trash. Okay. We need you to come out for the second leg. Gotcha. And so, but I was supposed to go out on the first leg. And but I they chose the But they chose trash. the other guy that's trash right. because. Gotcha. gotcha. Of course. And right. so they didn't want. And so we, the thing with video is you're going to pay the money. You're going to pay. So if you want to create a product. You're gonna either pay the up money front, up front or in the or back. On the back. <laughs> you choose. You choose. You choose. Right. Let's do it right. right, and we could pay the money to do this this project up right. front and do it right. Right. Or you're gonna pay on the back with someone cleaning up your mess right. in editing or right. reshoots right. or whatever else. And so I always advocate let's do it right the first mm -hmm. time and not do it yeah. and not have to clean up the mess on the second Absolutely. side. Absolutely. Anyway, in this tour, so I say all that to say the process of getting ready for this is is months of preparation. I mean, obviously, I'm not on the event side, but on the event side, they're booking dates, selling tickets, 
there's marketing material, promotional material, there's phone, I mean, it's insane what they go through to put right. these tours on. Right. Um, but then when I start to step in, I will get a gear list of like what is going out on the tour with me. And then I will you normally go through that with a fine tooth comb and go, you know, I need a backup camera in case something, I mean, cause you're on the road, gear gets trashed Trash, on yeah, the road. Absolutely. And so, cause you're setting up, doing the show and packing down night in, every day, every day, every night, every night. And so your gear gets trashed, you need backups, you need tools, you need things to fix things. And that's my job is to engineer it. So I need to know what gear I have and what I have so that if something happens, I can fix it. Right. Um, so that, that's first foremost, I'll get gear lists, I'll get, you know, travel plans and all the things. And, and so we'll go through all that. We'll go through budgets, what my budget is, what the gear budget is, all that kind of stuff. And then we do, it's, I never knew this until I started touring, but dude, you know, like there are full companies that the only thing they do is have a space for tours to come in and build the entire set. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, so like when you go to a concert, right, and you right. see the stage and the mm -hmm. lights and all mm -hmm. that kind of stuff, one, someone designed that in a computer before they went there. But right. then two, they went to a space, usually it's like Nashville or Dallas or something like that. So we'll all fly to the space in Nashville and we'll set the whole thing up. The whole show. The whole show. Everything. The stage, the lighting, the cameras, everything. Everything gets set up and everything gets meticulously gone through for like a week, a week, or two. A week. Right. and then the band will come in and they'll rehearse it and they'll like, oh, I don't like that light shining on me at that moment, or right. I don't like this, or, and we just tweak the whole show for a week. Because they want the whole crew to know this show backwards and forward. Which, in their sleep. They, they want to do it in their sleep. This. Exactly. Right. Right. And so they set the whole thing up and literally it's a crazy thing. It's a stage in the middle of a warehouse. Right. And it's and the band will come in and rehearse and play and and they'll go through all the lighting cues and all the camera cues and on and audio will go through all the PA and sounds and all the thing everything gets right. totally Tweaked. dialed. Right. right. So I missed that on this one in particular yeah. because I was I wasn't on the first. And that's light. why I asked how you going to prepare because yeah. you coming in. Well, I'll get, a, mess. I'll get a I'll get a gear list and then right. I'll I'll offline the conversation with the production director or the they call him the PM the production manager and we'll go through and right. what shots and what like what's working what's not because I'm coming in on the second part of the leg. Right. Um, and I'm sure you guys will rehearse. I probably won't. Actually. Really? No. I, they'll do a rehearsal. And like I'll go, I'll go, they'll do a sound check and right. I'll go through the gear on my own right? and go through with camera operators and talk with them, see right. what they're liking, what's not working, what is working, talk with the PM. So I'll offline all this, but I wasn't initially in on like right. the official like week long rehearsal. Right. right. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the process. Well, I mean, it's a process. So you, uh, um, let me ask you this. So, um, when did you know that this was going to be the road you take that was going to basically be the thing that you would you know call your bread and butter how did you know that was going to be considering that you were coming from kind of yeah one sense of i was in front of the camera right he was in front of the camera as a you know as a personality and we're talking to him about coming to cjc we'll see what happens um but being behind the camera and then knowing that this was going to be something that you were really going to make a living i mean you have a beautiful home so somebody's paying for it. So it's obviously your hard work. How did you know that was going to work for you? Um, 
I don't know. I feel like there's two kinds of people. There's those people that are like at 14 years old, I knew exactly what I was going to do, went right. for my dreams and just crushed it. Right. And for me, that's just maybe not my personality. Right. You know, um, I kind of fell into it a little bit. I mean, obviously growing up in the Crouch family with TV right. and all that kind of stuff. I mean, people would assume that, oh, you know, you knew production because of your family or because of your parents. And to be real honest with you, my dad and I really didn't do a lot of production together as, right. as, like when I was growing up. Right. Because he was probably uh, traveling, he was kind of traveling, doing his thing, thing right? And, and you'd be raised. And by I was, you. I was in school, right? You know, what I mean, right. in school, and just I was playing sports. Actually, I was, right. I played hockey, ho- hockey, high level hockey. How did I know hockey? Hockey, <laughs> big hockey player. <laughs> he loves hockey. I love hockey. He loves it. I went to a game last night. Yeah, actually. I know. Um, I thought it was this morning, but you just posted this morning. I just posted right, this morning. Right. Um. Anyway, big hockey guy. So I grew up playing hockey, and um, I just kind of started falling into it, and then, and then I just. I, I just loved it. Right. I loved it. I, I had done camera and grip and done some of the other things. And I just, I'm, I, I guess for me, I'm, an, I'm kind of a tech nerd anyway. Right. I've always been into like tech and nerd stuff right. and all that kind of stuff. And so I just, I, the more I got into it, I kind of nerded out on it. You know what I mean? Right. And so people, you, do you, you have an agent? No, so I don't. I, I, I've, kind of, I've, I've dabbled if I should do that, but I've just always been busy yeah, enough for like, right. I was paying the bills. And, but right. it was really just about who you know. I mean, it's Absolutely. all about... And the Hillsong tour put me in a different stratosphere where people thought I was legit, which doing a tour is pretty legit. And then, <laughs> really legit. And then... Um, it just the phone call started come like just ringing, wow. and it was like, oh, this person talked to this person, or this person found out that you did the tour or whatever. Hey, so it really wasn't even anything to do with crowds. It was just you. No, no, it wasn't really. Wow, that, isn't that cool? It was cool. Yeah, it was great. That's a cool feeling, isn't it? It is good. I'm, I, there's a lot of cool feelings like that lately. I mean, I feel like there's a lot of great clients yeah. and stuff and film work that I'm doing, and that is, n- and the people could care less or right. have if, no idea right. who my family is. Right. And I'm enjoying that because it actually shows that like I can do real projects without like calling in a favor from grandma and papa, you know right. what I mean? And right. so I'm enjoying that season of my life right now. I'm really am. I'm doing some really cool stuff, um, shooting some a ton of car stuff lately, actually. Right. Uh, we you just, for, um, uh, yeah. I did Kia this morning, yeah, Kia. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hyundai shot right. Hyundai last week. I'm shooting. Have you ever heard of a, um, a show or a guy that his name's Ken Block? Mm-hmm. And he does, uh, they call it Hoonigan. Right. Where they race these cars right. through these major cities. Right. I'm now sh- shooting like 50% of their content right oh now. Oh, my God. That's, um, what you, that's what your dad was telling me then earlier. Yeah. So right. we, like, we've, I mean, dude, shooting cars, jumping off buildings. And that's crazy. It's, it's insane. It's crazy. That's crazy. That's a separate type of crew, too, isn't it? That's a separate type of are you shooting? You're not shooting that live, I guess. That's, no, yeah. no, we're shooting at film stuff. I'm shooting okay, it all cool. on our red. That's kind of that like stuff. making a film. It's it. I mean, I'm making. You probably doing a lot of slow mo. I'm making tons of film. I'm making films, uh, and I'm shooting. You just strike me as a stuff. filmmaker to me, director. Like I feel like you're gonna come up with some cool idea one day, and you're just gonna just rat it out, man. Probably. The film, what a Brandon Crouch film. I just see that coming. So let me get a little dark with you for a I'll, second. I'll call, you, I'll call you when that happens. Please do. I produce it. All right. All right. So, um, so I want to ask you a couple things. Um, the last time you were here, so I have to make this known. He's still my number one um, 
podcast. I don't know what. How is that possible? I don't know either because I've had some major players even since the last say, time. Maybe you haven't had any major players on. <laughs> no, I've had some majors. Okay, <laughs> I've had some majors, but for some reason you're 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 still the number one, and it's all your uh, episodes. So that means that it's like concurrent, like number one. Okay, it's crazy. That is. I don't know. Even you even beat your dad when he was here the last time. I, my dad's coming episode. out with one that's yeah. gonna kill up this. Yeah. Gonna, like when you guys see this one, yeah, it's just wow. It's gonna be incredible. So I want to I want to dab it a little bit into uh, adult life, manhood. We sure. were talking about this a little bit earlier about you know wanting to get married versus if you know don't want to get married, those type of things. Not to get into your, you know, marriage ex, you know, situation or whatever, but I'm, I'm just curious to know, what did you learn from that particular situation as a man about marriage? Mm. Um, marriage is hard. I think. Oh gosh, there was a thing I posted the other day, and I have to bring it up because it was. Yeah. Um, it said. Before you get married, discuss bills, parenting styles, credit, debt, religion, how to deal with family, what beliefs mm. will, will be instilled in your children, mm. childhood traumas, sexual expectations, oh, wow. family health history, mental health history, bucket lists, dream home, career, education, political views, and then it says love is not enough. Mm. And wow. I think for me where I went wrong is that I wanted to get married and I and I didn't go through the process of dating, if that makes sense. Mm. And so when the bumpy road hit, they were major glaring issues that I would have, could have, should have, you know, avoided had I really like dated with intention. And right. so, um, but marriage is hard. I mean, it's too people and i think the the thing is people people think that like oh i'm going to jump into a marriage and this person's going to complete me or make me happy and that is if you're not happy coming into a marriage i can guarantee you you're not going to be happy going in like yeah. get you know what i mean if you're coming from a place of hurt and you're like oh this person's going to complete me or make me happy or make me feel this way i can guarantee you that is not going to happen right. whatsoever right you know, and so, uh, but where I was in complete error was I wanted my ex to be someone that she wasn't. Mm. And I put this expectation on her that was not healthy and I shouldn't have. And I was, I was, I wasn't like abusive or anything right. like that, but I, I was... I was often finding myself frustrated because this person wasn't living up to my expectation, if that makes sense. I've and, lived that. I've lived that. And it, it was bad for her, for me. Right. I was frustrated. She was hurt. I was frustrated. She was hurt. And so I think, you know, we talked about the the thing that I posted on Instagram. I think I think was a book that I read that literally changed my whole world was a book called Love and Respect by John Eldridge. Mm. And it talks about the Bible verse that says that husbands love your wives and wives are called to respect their husbands. Right. And it's a command. Husbands love your wives. And for wives, it's a command, respect your husbands because we all, all often when we're in marriage or in relationship, we know that when 
A man feels hurt, the first thing that he withdraws from his wife or significant other is his love. Oh man. And when a woman and when a woman gets hurt, the first thing that she often withdraws from her man is respect. And this book is so powerful. What's the name of this book? It's, called, this book Lo- it's, called, it's called Love and Respect by John Eldridge. And it's, and it's, Love and respect. it's such wow. a great book. It's a biblically based centered wow. book on relationships, on marriage in particular. And it's good. And the, the verse that it covers is so wow. apropos mm-hmm. that it is command to love your wife because we, he, God knew that when we, have disagreements or arguments our first initial reaction is to to withhold your love from her and her withhold her respect for the man and then it talks about the crazy cycle and and it's just this never ending cycle of of hurt really and that's what happened in my case you were married how long? I was married for three years so I mean there are people that are out there that have great marriages and have been through a lot more than, than what we went through and then there were mental health issues and just right. a lot of different things. But um, I think that if there's any wisdom in any of that, I think the, the book, Love and Respect, would probably be the, like, the place that I would point people to. So if you choose to get married again, I'm sure you will at some point. What 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 are you looking for in her? But what also, what are you expecting mm. from you? Yeah, I mean, I think for me to date with intention, I think also... For me, I feel like relationships evolve and go through things. And I think that for me in in my next relationship, what I'm looking for is just someone that I admire, respect, and genuinely just like want to have fun with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I I married the hot girl already. Right. Right. And I, like, I kind of joke. I'm like, well, my, maybe when I, my next wife's not going to be like right. a smoke show. I said the same thing. You know, and I'm I okay the with same that. Thing. I'm like, I just want someone to just hang out with, right. go do fun things with, right. someone that you really like, and that you like really you admire. Really just like and you're like, it wow, admire. this person right. has a great whatever you admire. Right. Um, for me, it's like, oh, she has a great career. And, right. You know, she's easygoing. Right. Like, I'm pretty easygoing. Non-confrontational. Non- That's for me. Yeah. I don't like non-confrontational women. You, so. Well, you don't like confrontation. I don't like confrontation. That's what I mean. Yeah. Someone That's to come I mean. at you right. all the time. It's like, right. nobody wants to deal with that. Right. Right. I think one thing it says, if it costs you your peace, it's too, it costs too, too much. Too much, right. Right. You know, and for me, it costs me my peace. Right. Yeah. And I think in this season right now, I just, I'm enjoying the piece right if that makes sense yes so it makes a lot of sense yes i'm living where i'm single right. <laughs> i'm enjoying the piece the piece the piece the piece the piece yes um what do you think is uh why do you think people are so broken today though because i think that's part of it too Yo. i think that a lot of people want to be that social media yeah i mean really? i don't know really? i just think that we live in a in a I don't know. Why are people so broken? I smell coffee. I have some good coffee back there, but... Oh, okay. um, I don't know, man. Why are people so broken? I mean... Meaning, meaning uh, it it feels like... I'm not judging in any way, trust me. But it just feels like it's more... um, It's almost like you have to unpack the baggage first with people, women, especially in dating right now. 
And then once you get past that part, it's like, is it really worth that much work to even get to the, the crust of things? And it seems like it's just harder to get to the crust of who people really are because people are not their baggage. No, they're obviously. not. They're not. And yeah. I think that the reality is, is everyone has issues. Right. It's just what issues do you want to deal right. with? You right. know what I mean? Right. And I have issues. Right. Everybody has issues. And so I, I What's think your issues, Brandon? I'm a, a, my, my table is not clean enough. That's my issue. I'm a clean... I'm a weird... You have OCD? Not... ECD? What do you I don't even it? know if it's OCD. I just like things clean, you know? Yeah, I'm the same way, though. So... I'm the same way. Um... Anyway, I don't know, man. I, I think we live in a crazy society. I'm, I, if we're going to just be like the all, the simplest answer is just the devil. There's sin in the world. The world is broken. It's getting worse. You know, the devil is out to kill, steal and destroy. Right. And I think you believe in the devil. I no. believe 100% that there is evil in the world. Yeah, 100%. I do now that I do believe, yes. And I believe, that, you know, we call it the devil, call it evil, right. whatever you want to label right. it as. I just believe that there is evil Absolutely. in the world Absolutely. and that he or it or whatever it is, is out to destroy people's right. lives. Absolutely. I mean, you see it with mental yeah. health. Absolutely. You see it with anxiety. Absolutely. I mean, kids now are dealing with anxiety at sad. such a young age. And yeah. It's sad. It's, heart, it's yeah. heartbreaking. I don't struggle with anxiety, really. And I don't struggle with, like, mental health issues. Right. Um, <laughs> I, with my son, it's hard. Because his mom struggles with those issues. And it's hard for me because I want to help him, but there's nothing that you can do nothing to help you him. Can do. You know, and I love my son dearly. So I guess for me, like, I just love him harder. You know what I mean? Yes. I'm there more. I'm right. it, like, you know, I see a lot of parents who are just so absent right. from their own lives and right. their kids' lives. Right. Whether they're physically there, they're on their phone, they're on their right. this, they're on this. And I, I, I'm not perfect at that, but I'm intentional about being Me there too. with him. Me too. And, um, you know, I don't know. You just got to walk it out one day at a time with him. Right. You know, some days are great and some days aren't. And, you know, he struggles for sure with, you know, emotional anxiety and and. Does it come? Do you think it comes from separation, or you think it just personal? You don't want to get into it. But I'm, I'm just asking: Is it? I is mean, it I don't know. From the relationship, marriage stuff, all of the above. Right, right. You know what I mean? I don't know. Right. I really don't. I don't have an answer for for that. But I think that it's just all of it. Right. How do you How do you uh, connect that with your with your with your faith? How, did, how does faith help you through these moments? Just the blood of Jesus. Mm -hmm. I just yeah. pray the blood, right. the healing blood that's the, that was written in Isaiah 53, mm -hmm. that he was bruised for our transgressions. Right. And I just pray, pray the blood over him, over right. his mind, that, that Christ would just give him peace right. um, and give him strength. And over my whole family, my house, every, you know, just, right. yeah. It's very peaceful here too. I love this house. Yes, I love this house too. I got me a room that did this. I'm sure. I'm kicking you out. Of here, I know exactly. exactly. <laughs> he was like, like, man, he's kicking me out right now. He's, no. he's hinting. He's like, let me know when we no. say cut. You out of here, sucker. No, no. no. So, um, um, what 
are the things that you plan to do in the future? What is the plans for Brandon Crouch? What are your plans? I love what I'm doing right now. I really do. I'm having a blast. I, I was actually, I, I didn't tell you this. I was going to tell you this. It's a cool story. I grew up, my dad, he told it in his interview, but my dad, when I was zero to 16 or 17, my dad owned his own production company called PJ Video. And so people think I grew up on TV insets, but I actually grew up on like commercial sets with my dad. So more mainstream. So I grew up on like Disneyland commercials yeah. and Toyota commercials and all these crazy things that he was shooting. And he was running his company out of our house, out of our garage. And I remember, you know, little funny things where I'd take his camera and think it was a water spout and pour water into the camera islands. He was so mad. He I'm was sure. so mad. I'm a three-year-old and I'm dragging his camera behind me and then I take the water hose thinking the eyepiece is, you know, whatever. And I'm putting wa water in the eyepiece of his camera, right? So mad. So I... um I grew up on sets with him doing that and, and you know, in high school you start to kind of like understand what your dad does and right. idolize him a little bit right. and then I started gripping for some of his shoots and he basically I was free labor for him to come out right. and do stuff on, on the shoots which is, which is what you do with your kids. Right. I'm going to do with my kid. Right. Um, and so then he... When I was when I was about to graduate high school he, he kind of told the family he was like, hey... My dad, my grandfather, Paul Crouch Sr., asked me to come back and I'm going to go back full time and help him build this network and kind of do this with him. And low key, I was not angry, but I was kind of bummed. Mm. And the reason why I was bummed because I wanted my dad to give me the production company at some point. Okay. Right. You know what I mean? Like right. where I would, I would work. That makes I, sense. I would work right. with him sense. at the production company. Right. Because that's this, what you knew. And that's what I knew. Because right. I didn't know anything didn't know about, about TV. TV and nothing. Right. I, I just knew my grandparents were Paul and Jan. That was it. Right. Later on, to fast forward, I grow up, go to college, learn about TBN, start working for TBN, doing the shows with TBN, doing right. the social media for TBN. And then the, the dream is like, okay, well, we can... You know, I, I, I never wanted to take over TBN. Right. It was more just like, well, I, I love doing this with my dad. I love doing it with my grandparents. This right. is cool. We're having fun. I love doing the social media. I love hosting the shows. Like, I didn't know what the future was going to hold. Obviously, you know, fast forward to 2007, 8, and TBN blows up in front of my face. Right. And the whole thing comes crumbling down. Right. I'm never invited back. Don't ever come and see TBN. I don't see Paul and Jan, which is a story in and of itself. Fast forward a little bit beyond that, dad and I kind of look at each other and say, well, like we both don't have jobs now. Right. What do we want to do? Right. And so we just started doing production together. And he called me and he said, hey, I have a client that I'm shooting a product for and I need... I, can you learn how to edit so I can pay you to edit this video? Right. So I went on like lynda.com and just put like 40 hours into learning how to edit. And, but we start working together. we start doing productions together. He starts shooting. And, and initially it was like all dad. He had a couple of clients that we were doing work for ministry stuff. And I was basically just editing stuff for him. Right. But, and so I was working for him and with him, this thing snowballs. We restart, and we didn't even really intentionally mean to restart PJ Video. It was not mm -hmm. like it's something we set out to do. Right. 
it was like we were working and making money and then it was like, oh, well, we're making money, so we have to set up a, an account for it. What do we set the account up? And it was just like the next one thing, step. one step, one step, one step, right. one step. And so, and then it turned into PJ Video LLC and we were an S corporation and we were making X amount of dollars mm -hmm. and we were doing, and just stepping, just right. these steps. Taking the steps. And the next thing I look back, we're 10 years into this, or like wow. eight or nine years into this production company. Wow. And it's a full thing. Wow. And we're now 50-50 owners. Right. We're doing it together. Right. Uh, he's shooting. I have all my whole set of own clients. Right. He has his clients. We kind of interact here and there. Right. And it didn't hit me until like a couple years ago. And I looked back and I go, what's so funny is this is what I originally asked it. for. Right. This is what I wanted. That's powerful. This yeah. is what I asked for before TBN. Wow. This is what my heart longed for when right. I was a kid. Right. And I just like, it hit me like a weight. Right. And I was like, wow, God. Right. He answered the prayer. What? Right. How? Like, just, wow. I was so floored. Wow. And so he said it a couple times in his podcast, but be careful what you ask for. Yeah. And that, that was my heart's desire was to do a production company with my dad. Right. And I didn't even realize it as we were building. It wasn't. It didn't even register. It just totally didn't even register. Wow. And now I'm like loving what I do. Right. And it's him and I and there's low overhead and we right. make great money and right. everything's awesome. Right. Career wise. Right. And it was like the thing that I had longed for when I was a kid. Wow. And I totally forgot about it. Wow. That's totally crazy. forgot about it. Wow. So that's crazy. It was wow. it was cool. So that's cool, man. Thank you, brother. Thank you for letting me come to the house. Yeah, for sure, bro. And until next time, you guys be blessed. Peace. See ya.